Yes, yes. Is that like fire? Jalo. Is that like lava? Jalo. Is that like fire? Jalo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that Doctor's Darling rhythm. Michael Rose. Just let it ride out, shall we? The Black Russian Podcast. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, 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 yes. Hello. Hey, everybody. How do you do? My name is... Tion Buku One Torrance, and I'm here with my trusty sidekick Yula. Yula, one word. It's all like Madonna, like yeah, one word. So this is the first episode of the Black Russian Podcast, and we're gonna have a good time. We're gonna get into it, ease into it, and just kind of let it flow. I mean, this is new for both of us, but uh. It's going to be with some damn good times. And uh, we'll go into a little bit about ourselves first. So you can kind of get an idea who is guiding you on this podcast adventure. So, Yula, why don't you go ahead and tell them who you are, a little bit about yourself. My name is Yula, short for Yulia. I grew up in Lithuania, speaking Russian, obviously. I moved to San Francisco in 1991 with my whole family, so... More than half of my life has been spent in the Bay. I met Tion when, God, a few years into living here when my accent was much thicker and I smelled, smiled a yeah. lot less. She smelled a whole lot less than she <laughs> smells now. <laughs> uh, we've been friends for that long and has been a big part of me being the way I am and learning how to navigate this whole life between adulthood and the inner child. Yeah. And what do you do for a living? So they know that. I'm a partner in a consulting firm in the financial industry. Right. Your zodiac sign? Gemini. Gemini. There's two of me. <laughs> So there's actually three people on the show. You never know which one's talking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I'm Tion Bukuwan, Torrance, skateboarder, graffiti writer, MC, hip-hop enthusiast, mama's boy, and uh, entrepreneur, kind of big kiddish, just that guy. Funny, silly, but dead serious at the same time. And uh, yeah, I met Yula when I was 18. And so I've helped her pull her proverbial stick out of her butt and she helped put a little structure in my life so I could actually function as an adult so we kind of that's kind of how we synced up I'm a Virgo and uh, well we've been married for 11 years 10 years yeah. who's counting yeah who's counting 10 11 years it's been a long time we've been playing house longer than that yes yeah, so we have three kids uh, two Native American black Russian no not that's not right we have two <laughs> russian slash possibly native americans 
118 and 114 and we have a little black russian and she has native american in her too of course my dad's half and half so that's our family been also from the very beginning we've been a very pro self-empowerment growth non-monogamous relationship no human possession no desire for that but definitely committed to our family our love our growth and each individual person's path as well and so it's a pretty interesting combination of things right there because you know we do have a traditional family in the sense i mean we have you know kids and household and you know go to work and we have cars and mortgage and insurance and yeah no we go to bed together we wake up together play dates play dates we do lots of normal stuff no but um and at the same time we're very non-traditional in the way that we like to think raise our kids um treat each other and so on and so forth so we kind of play this very interesting role in our friends and family's lives because we're just a little bit different a little bit silly a little bit serious um very pro dream chaser very very pro um, identify yourself and empower yourself what else take no shit what else what else are we what else we try to do what role do we play in our friends lives um it's interesting because we play a lot of the times we play the roles of adults with our household and everything structured and I think that people come in thinking that wow these people have it figured out and then um, we get into the actual good stuff of how the relationship works and what makes it seem so easy yet so stable and just I guess different yeah so yeah we, we play a lot of those roles and you know it's fun to be able to share those type of things and so that's part of kind of how we came to this podcast point is that we felt that um, the type of conversations that we have with our friends um, near and far is very unique and refreshing and it happens I mean it, it's not so unique like we're just the only people having these dialogues but it's very rare to have these real open um, logical dialogues like about sex and about monogamy polyamory it doesn't have to be about sex and monogamy and polyamory it's just the a lot of the times i feel that conversations that we end up having with people are unique to or unique in those people's lives and there is not a lot of people and sometimes probably nobody else that they can have those conversations with and it doesn't have to be directly about Oh, you know, why do you, are you married? Are you monogamous? Are you not? It's mostly about how do you feel in your marriage? What are the problems? Where do you think they come from? True. But we all know the fun really lies in one of the topics that dominates most people's lives, relationships, of course. sex, emotions, yeah. male, female dynamics, how to communicate, how people don't communicate, mm-hmm. and how just things get all messy when we just don't do our own dirty work ahead of time. So that's kind of why we decided to do a podcast. And so, of course, there's several core topics in this podcast realm that the Black Russian podcast will cover. Of course, 
monogamy and the alternatives. We'll go deeply into that, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly monogamy. Also, we'll go into the same things about alternative styles of relationship, you know, non-monogamous, non-sexual um, focus-based control, um, you know, other things, the good, bad, and ugly. Now, the bottom line is, we like to say this in the beginning, probably with every podcast we'll do, every episode, is that every relationship, no matter what style of relationship, will succeed or fail based upon the quality of the two people in it and the work that they're willing to do on themselves and in the relationship. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter if it's monogamous or polyamorous or any of that stuff. If you have two people who can't communicate, who are deceitful um, or who are afraid, it's not going to do good in either of those. And there's all types of wacky stuff that goes into that. Um, so we'll go into that stuff. It'll be kind of fun. Then we'll go into, of course, sex. Because sex is fairly important. On a scale of 1 to 10, how important do you think sex is for the success of our marriage? 10. 10? (laughs) 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 11.5? Yeah. So, why? I mean, mean, we agreed it wouldn't be, we wouldn't have a relationship like this if we weren't on the same page about sex. So, why, why is sex so important to you? Or to you and to women? Like, why do you think sex is so important? I can speak for other people in general. I feel that that's the most direct connection to the most clean uh, way to connect with another person. And that's where all the, if you do it right, that's where all the bullshit falls off. And then the actual relationship and how you relate, what you feel, what you want to communicate stays. Yeah. Also, it's fun as fuck. Oh, also, that's true. <laughs> it can get very fun. Um, it releases a hell of a lot of endorphins. Mm-hmm. Um, and it tickles. Sometimes it tickles. Um, it's a really good way, natural, a good natural high. But also, I mean, okay, on the real, it can be, it's a very, very powerful medium. It's a very, very powerful tool. Um, it can be used to inspire. It can be used to empower it can be used to manipulate it can be used to abuse it can be used in all different types of ways and one of the things we'll be discussing as we go along is this this perception that sex is the highest most divine way of building and connecting with somebody and we like to kind of expand on that and be like it's not it can be but it's not always So I want everybody listening right now, close your eyes, close your eyes, ah yes. Now think about every person you've had sex with, every person you've knocked boots, every person you had a toss up, little fun fizzle-azel, a fubula-dubula. Think about all them, all the men, think about all that sweet punani, them shapes, them curves smell of her breath her breath all that now women think about what a man what a man what a man what a mighty good man the roughnecks you had the sweet the nasty the Wesley snaps the Woody Harrelsons and all in between now ask yourself this question has every single time you've had sex has it always meant the exact same thing 
No, of course not. It's, it's not. always been the high, like the highest of highs. No. I mean, the idea is that that's what you will get. Does it happen? No. No. So I mean, but what? I mean, hopefully the idea. Is that right. That's well, what you're gonna some get. people just want to work out. Right. You know, everybody, everybody wants it for different reasons, but you think about it, they don't always mean the same thing. Um, but you only have so many positions. There's only penises, vaginas, hands, and tongues. Um, whipped cream if you use it, whatever. But it's not always the same because the energy between the two people can vary. The motives, all of that can vary. So once we emancipate sex from divinity and from love, we can think about it objectively and really identify the type of relationships we have, our fears, our insecurities, and our doubts and stuff like that. So we'll go into that too. That'll be fun. Everyone who doesn't like sex conversation about sex, especially with, you know, a Russian woman who doesn't ever talk out loud about sex. This is going to be pretty fun. <laughs> so, um, you know, we'll cover that stuff Definitely too. Definitely not in Russian. Def, no? no? Can you say something sexy in Russian no, for us? No, not at all. Say, hey. I, I, don't, I don't even, I, don't, I can't even start. Try this. Say, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Black Russian Podcast. I'm your host, Yula. Всем привет. Добро пожаловать на Black Russian Podcast. Ooh, panties wet everywhere. Y'all feel that out there? Penis is like, what? I'm woke. <laughs> woke. So we'll get into that stuff, of course. Uh, we'll also deal with finance because we're both very um, business-minded from different sides of the things. Like, she's really helped me with my business, obviously. Um, I'm more creative. I'm more of the music, art, skateboarding-based area, hip-hop tour management management booking um and she's more on the back end side of things making sure things are structured compliance uh like handling communicating with attorneys and all that type of stuff that i wasn't familiar with or comfortable with um so we both really believe it's very important to share the business side of things like how things work you know well, uh, also how, how things are divided and what are the expectations right and that's in the relationship you're referring to? Yeah. Yeah. So it's divided how it works. Um, you know, also like, yeah, how bills, mortgage, insurance. Exactly. I mean, there's a lot of there's stuff. There's money. I mean, the, the whole money situation in relationships is huge. The more you talk to people, the more you learn how things work. And for some people, you, you know, what works for us will never work for them. And then you find out how other people's money works and you go, what? Really? Yeah, it's crazy. And we all know, you know, one of the biggest reasons relationships like, you know, grown-up relationships like marriages and long-term relationships where people are living together or sharing finance is, you know, the reason why it can get fucked up real bad is finance, money issues. I mean, on one hand, that it gets fucked up. On the other hand, why people stay together. True. That's that's one of the biggest reasons I think that people will stay in a relationship and not separate when everything else is gone. But the financial dependency is huge. Right, that's true. That's like why people be staying in jobs for the long that they don't like because mm -hmm. they got them benefits, get them benefits, them payments, them pussy payments, and, you know, shit like that. Uh, so you know, we're gonna go into finance stuff like that, how ours works, and just some, some of the things we learned. Um, also, we're going to go into heavily, heavily, heavily communication. 
communication, how we communicate, how we don't communicate, um, you know, how you how you communicate when you're pissed off. Or what do words mean? Remember our I miss you situation? Yeah, yeah we had a big one on that one. Like she would say, I miss you. And I'm like, I, don't, I, I care about you, but I'm trying to really focus on where I am, not realizing that her definition of I miss you and mine was very different. Yep. That took us a few years and quite a number of fights to get to the point where we're like, oh, what does that mean to you? Huh? Totally not what it means to me. Yeah. So that stuff makes a difference. I mean, um, so when you think about situations like, I love you. I like you. I'm feeling you. A lot of times we never go, well, what does that mean to you? Because, you know, you get a guy and a girl together and they both could be like, I'm feeling you and could have two totally different thought processes. So as a guy, a guy could be like, I'm feeling you, meaning like I'm feeling how you look, how you walk, how you smell. And I kind of want to taste you, feel you. Um, just really experience you and not necessarily in a derogative misogynistic conquering way but sometimes even in just like I want to admire and bask in your beauty but that's not the only person that's I want to do that do. with yeah. and then a woman could think what would a woman think on the other side like you know when they say I'm really feeling you to a guy or to a, their girl yeah, well he's interested in getting together and going further right it's that going further that I think that's where the whole difference lies. It's the same with I love you. Right. So these things can mean very much two different things. But a lot of times we don't want to talk about them, especially in the beginning when things are feeling real cool and, you know, you don't want to mess it up. So, you know, the, the typical things that we all tend to do is try to be on our best behavior in the beginning for as long as we possibly can. And hopefully by the time they realize we got hella skeletons and shit in our closet, they're already attached and in love um, where perhaps the better way to do it is to be 110% open and clear up front about who you are and what your intentions are. So that way you can figure out if you're going to agree to disagree or run parallel early and you can save each other both time. But a lot of that has to do with communication well, that's a scary thing to do. Yeah. Boo. Boo. Very scary. Boo. Um, and one of the scarier things to do, that we know, we all know, is to have that dialogue with ourselves. For sure. You know, like us, for example, you know, for us being in a, a non-monogamous relationship, you know, you're faced with a lot of things that you have to really think about and address. Um, and there's a lot of fear and insecurity that's built in that we don't realize, you know? Oh yeah. And you go for years not wanting to look at it. You know what it is, but you're like, nope, not ready to go in that. Yep. And then at some point it becomes the whole process of delaying, getting into the, the thick of how you feel and where your fears come from becomes too much and then hopefully you decide to either walk away or actually address it yeah and you know also the passive aggressive ways that we act um when we don't want to address fears you know the projecting on the other person the guilt tripping the size the whatever or the you know those type of things that a lot of times 
um, we impose our fears and doubts on other people. Like we hope that they will enable our fears to still exist. Um, and that there and therein lies the forms of human possession. You're mine. You know, I don't want you with X, Y, or Z. And basically being able to um, micromanage each other's lives. And that's kind of something that we really committed to stay away from. Um, we were very aware that each person, both her and myself, have individual paths that we were put on before we met each other. Um, and the relationship is supposed to enhance that. And at the same time, you know, the synergy that we create becomes, you know, a core piece, a core cipher of that. But it doesn't eclipse or negate that we are individuals growing, coming together to create. So how does that go with two halves make a whole? Yeah, no. <laughs> We're not fans of two halves making a whole. We're two holes making three circles. And the way that we like to look at it is there's the Eula circle. So there's her world. Imagine there's her world. And then there's the Tion circle. And Tion has his world. Now I'm the ruler and of my world in connection with my path, my purpose, and my my higher self or whatever, my divinity, the universe, whatever. She is the same with hers. Now, you move those circles like I have a pen, I have an apple, and you uh mm -hmm. apple pen. So you put them over close to each other, and they don't eclipse each other, but they overlap. And that ovular circle in the middle is ours. That's us. We co-rule the us space. So you see, there is a us space, but there's still two individual sides, um, two individual circles that, you know, the other person has to be able to have space to do. So what, they what do you think do. happens when you overlap them? Like most people just take and overlap them. Like completely eclipse? Of course. I mean, that's expected, right? You get married, you take one person, you take another, the other person, and you just overlap them. Pen, pineapple, apple pen? Yeah. So I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> what happens? I, <laughs> my opinion, I think that people start suffocating and start doing things to try to get out without getting out. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of times we give up our own individual space. We lose our identity. I know I've lost my identity in relationships before to where, you know, we became us. And so wherever I was out, if my girlfriend wasn't there, people were like, oh, where's so-and-so? And vice versa. Um, and then you start trying to derive everything that you derived from your world, like your, your activities, your friends, your community, um, from the relationship. Um, and also, you know, if it's a committed monogamous relationship what we have found out i found out through my experiences now let me be clear i've been the monogamous person all of my life pretty much until 1997 so it's not like i was some crazy already ahead of the game progressive anti-monogamy dude i've been very 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 monogamous so i don't want to ever come off like um, i think one or the other is better um, it's just for whoever you are and what works for you and there's pitfalls in both of them and one of the core pitfalls in a monogamous relationship is sexual monogamy can quickly become emotional, mental monogamy as well, because you allow the other person to dictate who you meet, who you hang out with, um, either directly or they influence it through guilt. Like, for example, if me and Eula were monogamous and she went out, you know, wherever I don't know at a, at a meeting at a work meeting on a trip she came back to me and was like 
oh my god i met this guy chris he was amazing he was super smart and we just had a conversation that we talked for hours and hours and hours and man he was an amazing guy like the natural default of me would be like who why like it's it's opposition now it's not like wow that person's a blessing to her then it must be a blessing to me because i love her for who she is but also for who she is to the rest of the world and any love that comes through her is a benefit to me because it helps make her happy Um, but that's not usually how it's taken and that's where jealousy and insecurity comes in so a lot of times if we're faithful in monogamous relationships we'll choose to veer away from people of the opposite sex that we may be attracted to mentally, physically, um, sometimes even spiritually, just to prevent the drama that may come out or prevent having to not tell the other person, not tell your partner, your, your husband or your mm-hmm. wife about this other person. And then all the deceit comes in because, you know, what if you feel you should meet this person? Yeah. And you should hang out with this person, but you know your partner's not going to be into that. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different things that go into the pitfalls. Um, and of course, it all boils down to not being clear with yourself on what it is you want, um, what concessions you're willing to make, and being able to communicate them clearly with another person ahead of time before you get emotionally attached and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, but then that stuff also changes. You can be in a relationship and everything works just fine, and you're committed for a lifetime of being with that person. And then you grow one way, they grow the other way, and what you want to do now has changed. But then what? Right. So, you know, being able to communicate that is extremely important. Um, also, doing often in here doing that personal work doing the root work understanding why you have negative reactions to certain things you know why am I afraid um, when my partner goes out and meets another guy or a girl like what's really gonna happen mm, he's gonna like her way more than he likes me and then he's gonna walk away from me yeah you know I mean you know see so we think about if we make it that far and identify what our fears are, a lot of times they're not that serious. Like, you know, if I felt Eula was going to go out and meet Mandingo and all of a sudden Mandingo was bigger, better, faster, cooler, much more intellectually sound to me and it was going to render me useless. If I got that far to actually think that and I went to Eula and was like, hey, <laughs> I'm a little sensitive. I, I know you're going out with Mandingo tonight. Um, I'm really afraid that he's going to do something to you that I could never do and you're just going to render me useless and divorce me. Mm. And then you could say... Chances are slim to none. And then we could be reassured as opposed to being like, you can't go out with him. No, I mean, my thing has always been if you find someone who honestly is better for you in where you want to be, then... uh, who am I to say no you cannot you should right so it's so that's when you know that's when we go hey this person is someone that's actually better for me than you are and we're just gonna have to go that route yeah I mean that's the worst that can happen yeah and so you know clear communication I mean 
a lot of times we're petrified of having that conversation. You know, we're petrified. Like, you know, for me, um, the way I came about deciding that monogamy wasn't going to work for me moving forward was I started the tour through music and I was raised by my mom, very, 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 um, mama's boy, respectful and loving of my mom and always wanting to please her and be a better person to be of service to her. And I think that this subconsciously translated to all women. Yes, I was, I was a captain. I'm a recovering captain. I don't try to save every single person, but the cape is still there. Um, so I'm that person. I'm like the warm and fuzzy dude, cupcaking, you know, since I'm assuming the podcast are probably going to be heard by some people that know us personally first before it spreads out. Um, you know, they know I'm a, I'm a, I'm a super softy. Like I'm a cuddly dude. Like that was my deal. So I'm like, I'm really into all that stuff. Like the holding hands, ice skating and shit, and then crying when you break up and sending too many four page letters too soon. But all that stuff, I'm, I was that dude. I wasn't the dude talking about like, you know, fucking with my friends and shit. And like, you know, going out with a girl and then going back to my buddies and telling them all about it, you know, all that stuff. I never did that. So when I started the tour, you know, I had to find a way to like be out there, but still be myself. Cause I see sometimes cats tour and they be doing some things. And, you know, they may have relationships at home and they be the wildest one out there, like they're I on would parole. Imagine, I would imagine that happens a lot more than not. It, it gets a little wild out there. And we'll go into that type of stuff too. But for me, I would end up falling in love everywhere I went. Like, whether it was with a girl, whether it was with some kids at the skate park, whether it was with this MC that I made music with, producer, a DJ, or whatever. But, you know, let's just say, for example, for a woman, you know, I'd fall in love with a woman, let's say, you're not just like in love, like I wanted to drop my whole universe, but like really, really get in and appreciate who that person was and how we connected. And then, you know, next day I'm in a different city. And then 10 days later, I'm in 10 different cities. And I had to figure out how to communicate with sincerity and with love, but not try to possess that person and not try to bring them home or bring it home with me. Like it was, some things are just meant to be where they are for how long they're supposed to be. And not everything is meant to be forever because you like it. Um, and I had to learn how to do that. And so part of that, you know, I had to get honest with myself. Like if, I, if I'm gonna um, want to be able to love and let love and keep it moving and just be present wherever I am and experience whatever I'm supposed to experience, I had to be willing to think about and accept another woman or women that I would be with to do the same thing and it put me right in front of what I think most men have which is a fear of the alpha male which we talked about earlier um, so I had to figure out like how to talk how to handle that how to deal with my fears and my insecurities about you know someone I've been intimate with sexually intimate with um, being with somebody else um, and being able to respect their space just as much as I would want my space respected um, and then also I had to learn how to communicate that like up front like hey just so you know like i'm you know i'm here i'm totally into what we're doing what's going on but you know i'm really committed to this life my career and i just i can't be your one and only and if you're cool with that we can have an amazing time we can continue on in our friendship and be supportive of each other but you know and have them be like okay or you know what actually i'm not cool with that and then deal with that rejection um, and at first it was really, really hard and I made a lot of mistakes and kind of said something, but kind of, you know, didn't really go deep and just 
It was pretty awkward. It was like a seventh grade dance. It's just like, you know, don't know what to do with yourselves. So that was my, my path. And then along that path really early, I ended up falling in love with a girl in Australia. And so that really solidified my path of <laughs> not having a committed monogamous relationship because I saw her t- twice a year. So it didn't make sense for us to... Yeah, but most people would pretend that they're monogamous. Right, well, give things... Everyone has had a long-distance <laughs> relationship and where pretend. both sides pretend that that's monogamous. That's awesome. That's, yeah. No, luckily we didn't do that. That's, that would kind of, to me, be like, okay, you're my main source of food and I'm only going to eat twice a year when you come. Other than that, I'm going to fast. And people, hey, people do that and then they get all mad as to what the hell the other person is doing when they're not there. Yeah, that's rough. So, <laughs> so luckily we didn't do that. We were able to like be honest, like, okay, look, you know, I, I'm not, I can't be here. We can't be in each other's lives every day to give each other what we need. So let's just start on this. The decisions that you've made in your life have made you the person that I really love. So why should I impede on that? You know who you should vibe with and how you should. Um, initially I was like, but I'm a still, I'm very sensitive. I'm a sensitive man. So let's be discreet. You know, there's parts of your ride that I don't need to know about. So, you know, I trust well, initially you. Initially, that lasted for 20 years. Yeah. Parentheses, initially. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was kind of my foray into the non-monogamy thing. I didn't know anything about terms like non-monogamy or polyamory. I didn't even know about polyamory until last year. Well, about four years ago when I got an <laughs> OK Cupid. And I was like, what's polyamory? Like, so like... I didn't come from it. Oh from my God, you got okay, Cupid. Oh, that was loud. <laughs> Don't back up from the mic. Don't deep throat the mic. Redlining. But yeah, um, I never heard these terms. I didn't come at it from like a philosophical, like I want to be a part of some club or scene. Um, I don't knock that, but my path was just like, I had to find a way to ethically love without possession because I was in a position in my life where I was going to experience love through many different things all over the place and that may mean women here and women over there like it just you know i needed to have the freedom to not be guilt feel guilty about committing beyond my ability to and being able to be honest with somebody um and once i started doing that the results that i got in my life really showed me that that was um the pathway for me it was really cool it was liberating and at the same time i could love somebody whether they're with me or with anybody else, like I could still care about them. I could still be in their lives where a lot of times before this whole open scenario, if I was really close to a girl and we were sexually intimate as long as, as well as being really close, the minute they got a boyfriend, it was a wrap. Like there was like, I couldn't be near them. They wouldn't allow me either. Their boyfriends would get jealous or they would just kind of shut it down. It still happens now. Yeah. It's still, but yeah, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. So I was like, you know, I really, think that you know if you care about somebody you should care about them and be able to express that in multiple ways and not just a sexual way um so you know i kept going and so by the time i met eula i was already well not met her by the time we started getting together i was already pretty deep into that space and luckily i was able to communicate it somewhat upfront about you know like this is kind of the path that i was on and you know and so that's kind of how i got to this point so I'll let Eula tell you about how she got to this point and then we'll point it out. Mm, that's a good one. Um, am I too loud? You were too loud, but now you're good. All right. 
I don't think I ever believed in having a monogamous relationship, but I don't think I ever had an official way of um, making it open and honest. But I think in my experiences, in all of my relationships, it's always been like, yeah, this works. And then if I meet somebody else, that's going to work as well. So whatever, every single relationship that I've had uh, started out as monogamous, but then there was always something that, hey, you know, this person's really cool. And if I like them that much where... I feel that an intimate connection is uh, something that I want to do, then who is to tell me that I cannot do that? Like all that, someone telling me that I cannot do that never made any sense to me. And that's why I think when we, uh, when we got close, then that made total sense to me what you were doing because... I knew to myself, like, I wouldn't want someone telling me that, no, you could, you cannot do that. And that's what made it easier to, um, that's what made it easier to be honestly together, even though it wasn't the easiest thing in the world. I mean, it wasn't easy at all. But uh, the core principle that was always there, has always been there, is that Hey, would I ever want Tion to tell me that I cannot have whatever type of relationship I want to have with somebody else? And the answer is no. Hell no. And if I feel that way about me, about him telling me that, then of course I have to give him the same freedoms. And then decision-making process. I've never encountered a situation where I didn't think you made the right decision with, you know, whatever relationships with people that you have. Yeah, so that's kind of how both of our paths came to this place. It was, you know, it's kind of an intrinsic path. And, I, you know, we're definitely strong believers now, especially more so than ever, that everybody has their own path to wherever they're trying to go to their truth. And, you know, every relationship should be uniquely defined by the people in it. You know, the same way, like if you get married, you should probably uh, write your own vows. Yeah, please write your own <laughs> vows. Jesus. That's, wow. one of, that's one of the craziest things. Like wow. people get married and it's one of the supposed to be the one of the most serious commitments in their lives. And they just have. You will live by those vows. You will violate them or not violate them. Yeah. That's crazy. You think you'd want to have some personal touch in that, like some personal say. Um, so, you know, it's, it's about writing your own. Like not every relationship fits in a monogamous box or a polyamorous box. Some fit on somewhere in between. Some there's, some people like to share everything and some people don't like to share some things. But it should be, you know, there's room for all of it if you're willing to identify it and communicate it. Now, um, being in an open relationship, so, you know, Pro empowerment, whatever. Being in a relationship where you're not only sexually intimate with one person and you don't control the other person's decision-making process um, is not easy. If you have insecurities and fears, they will come up. Well, everyone has insecurities and fears, so they will come up. Okay, so they... <laughs> fuck it. Everything will come up. Everything yep. will come up. You will not be able to... 
be shrouded in a cocoon like he's mine, I am hers, click save, never have to trip off of that. Just keep staring at their phone and checking their Instagram likes and seeing all that, you know, checking them shits oh, out. God. You Jesus. know, like who are you out with? What are we doing? Where are you going? What da 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 And uh, it takes a lot of trust. Um, a lot of trust given and a lot of trust earned. You know, like you really gotta be about your your honesty and your commitment to honesty and your higher self, even when it's uncomfortable, even when, you know, you just you don't want to have to deal with it, whether face the reality that she's seeing some of the guys she went out with last night, she's actually sexually with and all that stuff. Like you have to deal with that. And you have to realize that that doesn't mean it's the end of the world. It doesn't like, you know, she could go out and have a conversation with a dude and get her life changed a lot easier than, you know, going out and having some cool, little sex with her homeboy Waquito who she does also dancing with and afterwards they go out for drinks and a little won't won't so you know the reality is our fears aren't really always founded in like the richest truth a lot of it is like we're afraid of her having sex or fucking some other dude but we're not afraid of her um you know having a great conversation and a deep relation deep friendship with some dude where in reality you know if, if if someone can move your woman or man emotionally deeply that's much more of a chance to move them away from you than sex is especially if you're not handling your responsibilities as a partner if you're not being compassionate you're not being that person she can talk to listen to um, all of that you know like you know so all that'll come up I mean it's really hard to deal with that stuff it's very worth it because you know the freedom of and commitment to your path and being able to be true your path is extremely important also you know i believe there are we're all students teachers and kindred spirits in this life all of us are at different times to different people and you never know who is going to be your next teacher or your next student and you never know what medium that will be it may be someone you're sexually attracted to and through that through that introduction to your relationship you guys end up sharing insights or information or experience that help you guys both go and be, you know, move further on in your life. You never know. It may be a kid. It may be a, an elder. It may be a, it may be a sexual attraction. But all we have to be able to communicate and share those lessons are our hands, our eyes, our mouths, the rhythm that we live in, how we move, how we dance, how we talk, how we share. So I was always trying to get to that point where. Um, everybody's has that so well, you're a super sharing person sharing is a very different concept for a lot of people you know I, mean, I grew up not sharing you know you would share uh, you can share everything you can share your financial wealth you can share uh, you know books you can share a conversation but sharing love and sharing closeness only goes within a very small intimate group of people which is your family with one goal of creating your own family that's one way and i mean you know that's how a lot of people grow up and then you create your little nuclear unit and then you share within that unit and you're scared to go and share with somebody else outside of it because you know I mean for various reasons first of all it's like why would I do that what's my benefit in that 
like I took me forever to figure that out. I think I'm still figuring that out. What is my benefit in sharing? You know, I think you were born with it, that you know exactly what the benefit is. The more you share, the more you receive, the more you receive, the more you have, the more you have, the more you can give to everyone, including myself and the kids and everybody else. That makes sense to you. Wee! I represent the inner child. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and there's so many different things that go into... I mean, we know how many people do we know that go sharing is caring. Right. But what do they share? They share smiles and giggles and coffee and light conversation, but not anything intimate at all. Not anything serious, not the fears, not uh, problems, none of that. Yeah. There's a lot of shit in the closet that people are like, yo, we're going to share all this out here, but hey, don't get too deep in there. And, you know, when you, when we, as we both went on this path of like committing to this relationship and, you know, doing all the deal, you know, there's a lot of things that we're taught, whether it's through nurture or nature or society or trauma that you don't really know is in there until you start trying to help unwind like untie the knots in yourself like certain circumstances would make you feel crazy you know and you're like damn why am i feeling like why am i feeling like that like there's no why am, and you go and you start to investigate and you start realizing like damn there's there's shit i'm afraid of and i'm tripping off of that i've never consciously thought about like what exactly you know am i tripping off of and you realize that there, it goes deep and there's layers of it um, and, it, and that's what that's what we call doing that work, doing the root work. I think that most of our the reason why you know our friendships with people are different, and it goes back to why we decided to do this podcast, is because uh, you know we find ourselves in this position of asking those questions, yeah. where people would be afraid to ask themselves, and not only I mean answering that question is freaking crazy. Yeah, and creating a space to where. Um, us and our friends and our kids can actually have that conversation and let's make those conversations normal. Like let's not make it something that we just avoid at all costs. Like let's let's have those conversations that actually, you know, reach the root, um, that has some substance, has some depth, you know, no matter how scary it is. Um, and let's let's hold space for that. Let's hold, you know, so we can grow and not just be stifled by our fears. Um, and you know, like I said, we've been at this for 10 and a half, 11 years. No, we've been at it longer. We've been together for 14 years now. Yeah, it's been a while. And we were friends for a while before then. And so we got we got 10,000 hours plus in this whole open, you know, committed marriage with kids relationship. And, you know, we're still doing serious work. And it's like, you know, we like to think of it as like we're trying to be professional with our relationship, with our love and with ourself. And so you think about a professional, let's say like Steph Curry or someone like, no matter how good he is, he works out, he rests, he recuperates, he shoots free throws all the time, he practices his craft all the time. He didn't just get really, really good and be like, okay, I'm good. You know, but a lot of us in life and relationships, we're like, oh, we're good. We don't work on things. We don't keep working on things. We don't keep nurturing ourselves and strengthening ourselves. Um, And eventually it shows. You know, so, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing this work. It's definitely um, a lot easier and a lot more rewarding than not doing the work. 
and having to just really just duck and dodge uncomfortable situations and, you know, um, just impose all types of crazy shit on each other. Like, you know, relationships sometimes can just dump on each other. Like if I'm if I'm mad, I'm having a bad day. I can come home to you and just be bitchy to you because I know you're going to be there tomorrow. Like, you know, there's a lot of spaces um, in communication and relationships that we take for granted, like just dumping on each other. Or like when you get mad, saying shit you don't mean just because you know that they, they know you're you were just upset, you know, not realizing that they may forgive you and come back the next day. But that shit does not just go away. Like people remember those type of things. So, you know, a lot of the doing the work is like being able to present yourself and communicate and know when the issue is something that you need to share and discuss because it's a group issue or when that shit is just yours, you know? So, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work, but it's cool. I mean, it's, you know, fuck it's life. Well, it's better than not doing it. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, um, good shit, crazy shit, open relationships. I mean, it's, you know, what else? Like we have to deal with the thoughts of each person going out with someone else. And like, what if they hold hands and kiss and spoon and do all that toss salad and shit? Like, ah, like you know, like people be like, ah, I don't even want to think about that stuff. But it's like, okay, like you don't want to think about that. Stuff. No, but you know, I'm getting better at thinking about it. I'm great at accepting it and encouraging whatever it is that you know, whatever Eula wants to do in her world. That's all good. Like. Because mm, my world's crazy. It's, hey, hey, mm. it may not be crazy now, but it may be crazy tomorrow. But either way, um, you know, we prepare to hold space for each other to grow. Our relationship is built with elasticity. So we're committed to each other in the space of growth. So the person that she was 10 years ago has room to become the person she is now without me being uncomfortable by her growth. Um, you know, so that growth can be. You know, I have the freedom to do what I want to do with whoever I want to do it with. And right now I'm just not tripping. Like I'm not interested in that. And then 10 years from now, maybe like, you know what? I'm really interested in that. Um, and have that all be okay. Because when in a relationship that's like ours, like we work really hard to trust each other's decision-making process. That's the most important thing. Do you trust your partner's decision-making process? Well, it helps that you do not drink and do drugs. It definitely helps that we don't drink and do drugs because clearly people sometimes get a little driggity and they do shit that I've had a lot of people asking me, how do you handle when he's on the road? Well, he doesn't drink. He doesn't do drugs. I will would not have been with him if he did. So she thinks for those of you guys who know Buku one, he turns the fuck up. Yeah, he'd be at the club like mm. throwing bottles and shit. I'd be, yeah. you know. Just kicking booties and just, it's you know. It's that other Instagram. It's, that, it's the other Instagram. <laughs> yeah, it's called uh, Dick Liquor. Wait, wait. <laughs> At Dick called, Liquor? Yeah, I, I just, I heard I heard the term the other day, actually. What's the term? Yeah. Finstagram, I think. is fin- fin- Finstagram? Finstagram is for friends. It's the actual that you post your real stuff on. Oh. And then the other Instagram is just general. Yeah. See, it pays to have uh, teenage yeah. kids because they tell you all this shit that we yep. never heard of this That's stuff. That's how I heard. Finstagram. Well, I ain't got no Finstagram, but yeah. Um, you know, trusting each other's decision-making process. I mean, how many relationships do we know where people don't trust each other? 
And I'm like, if you don't trust each other, why would you want to be in a relationship with that person? Like you wouldn't go into business with somebody you didn't trust. You wouldn't even buy a car from someone you don't trust, but yet you're going to have like the most intimate, emotionally committed relationship with someone. Like it's just not, it's not logical. It's not logical. It just don't make no goddamn sense. So, you know, like if you trust someone's decision-making process, technically like they could do whatever they want to do and you trust them. You know that they're thinking about things like if they factor what we've committed to and the family and kids and stuff like that. And you have to invest in that. And that trust should trump your fear of anything else. Cause like if you let, she goes out and meets a dude and does whatever she wants to do. Like, I'm not worried about that dude. Like I don't have a relationship with that dude. So if she trusts him and feels he's cool enough to kick it with and do that whoop de whoop and so and so, then like I why should I have a problem with that? Like that's that's love. If it's love for her, it's love for me. You know, like I may not be in a room filming. I'm not a big cockhold fan. Um, you know, not a big train dude, but hey, you know, I'm I'm not opposed to trains. Like if you know if you need a train, right? Yeah. Like you can go get the train. I just won't be like Right, choo choo. Like, I'm not gonna be on that train. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be bowling or doing some other shit. I don't want to be up on that. But you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Make a long story short, there's nothing wrong with that. But doesn't mean just because it's nothing wrong with it doesn't mean it's easy for everybody to just accept. It's hard to, you know, you got to work through some things. But there's healthy ways to work through insecurity and fear, and be able to share with your partner. And then there's very unhealthy ways. I think the biggest comment to that would be, why would you want to do that? Like, why would you want to go if you get everything from your, if you were to get everything from your marriage, from your relationship with your spouse, what's the purpose of going out and connecting with somebody else, especially on an intimate level? Right. Does that, you, that means you're not getting what you're supposed to be getting from your marriage. I mean, that's, that's, right. That's that's a common, that's a common assumption. And, you know, my response to that would be a few things. One, as we discussed earlier, sex does not, it's not synonymous with intimacy and love. It can be intimate and it can be out of love, but it's not synonymous. Every time you have sex is not because you love that person the same way you love your love of your life like sometimes you just fuck sometimes you have a great relationship where you fuck and you have a great friendship sometimes you fuck and it's like the earth shattering best shit ever sometimes you fuck and it was like god like the thought of it and the anticipation of it was way better than what it was yeah but what what's your purpose in it well i'm saying what i'm saying is the whole purpose is we understand that intimacy and sex are not they're not connected all the time so you know, you can so be you intimate. Would, like you would like go out and have random sex with random people. To each his own. I'm not saying about what I'm saying, what I, what I do, but what I'm trying to clarify is that people assume that sex and intimacy are the same thing, and it's not the same thing. Intimacy is a sincere connection with somebody, a genuine connection. Sex is a pathway, but it's not the only pathway. We can have conversations that are very intimate. You could have, you know. A yoga class is very intimate. It's, you're deeply connecting. You can connect through learning, through teaching, through dance, through yeah, I art. I think it means different things for different people. Right. It's a connection, though. It's not like penis yeah. and vagina. Yeah, it's one. So, of... you know, the, the so that was one of the things I would combat it with is like, you know, if you have everything at home, why would you go out? It's like, well, I love skateboarding, but skateboarding will never do what graffiti does. 
and will never do what rapping does and would never would just they all play a role and all of us have different relationships and different relationships bring out different chemistry you plus another person in a conversation is a whole different conversation than me and you and so that conversation may play out through words it may play out through business it may play out through teaching it may play out through six nine like it just you never know if you believe in you know but the, the most important thing is be honest with yourself and make sure you know try to make the decisions in your relationships out of love and not out of fear some people just only want to be with one person that's totally fine mm -hmm. you know my my saying to that is if you if you are monogamous by nature you like really just only want one person would you want that one person to come home every day because you make them because they've contractually signed that they have to or would you like them to be able to have the freedom to go in the world and live their path and still come home every day because even with the freedom of choice and growth and empowerment they come back to you and that's what we're trying to get at when we talk about you know relationships it doesn't mm -hmm. matter what 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 pigeonhole box we're actually not big fans of boxes and templates and stereotypes um you know about defining things as we go we're all you know intelligent we can communicate and work at it so you know that's kind of where we're at it's kind of you know we've been working at it for a while it's, it's been we've had bumps you know it goes up and down had a couple couple of explosions <laughs> couple explosions um you know crazy shit but the thing is when we get in those crazy parts or sad or deep or intimate or hurt parts or you know we don't take it out on each other we try our very best to just not be assholes to each other because we're hurt you well know? it also helps that we are best friends and have been and our relationship is best based on it there's been a few times that that was the only thing that helped us get through things when nothing else was working the friendship actually helped. Yeah, so it does help. So you like tell me, you know, you okay, you are the woman in this relationship. Now I have a lot of friends that know me and know I've been like this forever, and they know you as like the unseen hand. Like they they never meet you. They have you know people rarely have met you. You're like the Loch Ness monster. Like some swear they saw you, like somewhere, but like you know. So I can imagine that a lot. You know, some of the women that I've been around with that I've even been with. Who are like, no, I, I believe you, Tion. Like, I, I, my, I feel you, but like, how does your wife really feel? So this is your chance, Eula. How do you really feel? I, I think I already said it. I mean, I feel like the underlying reason is the freedom of choice. I would never want anybody to be able to have the power to tell me I cannot do something that I feel I want to do. And that's, uh, that's what's been the basis of our relationship for me. I've always wanted you to do what you need to do. Uh, because I would never want you to tell me no, you can't. And that's, that's always been the basis. I've never, however mad, angry, upset, hurt, however, you know, I felt, I've always been able to go back to, okay, well, you're hurt, you're upset, you are whatever you are, 
but do you want to tell him no that he cannot do that and the answer has always been no because the second that i dare to tell you that you cannot do it that's when we change the basis of our relationship and it's over because i'm not here to tell you what to do just as much as you're not here to tell me what to do right so you're basically not just in this open relationship going along for the ride because your man no, is cool. No, no, I mean, I, <laughs> there's different reasons. You mean why I didn't I, just convince you over like a bottle of honey? There's, there's, there's <laughs> a few reasons why I'm in it. I mean, other than you being charming and not exactly, yeah, and cuddly and all that. As I twist my dreadlocks, my long Um. No, it's that. And I personally, I get bored really fast. And my fear has always been that I can like a person really, really much or a lot. And then <laughs> ESL is totally fine on podcasts. ESL kicks cool. in. Uh, and then I wake up one day and it's over. And I've never wanted for this to be over. And I've learned that bringing in the oxygen from outside is really what it takes to keep my attention and interest and keep this relationship developing and makes me I mean look how far you've made me go from not smiling to smiling to actually making friends to thinking about why I uh, get scared where my fears come from why I feel the way I feel and how to learn to go through it I mean that is the opposite of boring I'll do this all day long right so so just to be clear yes I was not brainwashed brainwashed coerced no right, I okay. do not close my eyes and pretend that this is not happening so, see? And then, you know, in the last, like, I mean, I mean we've been, like I said, we've 14 years, but in, literally in the last two years, I think we've probably gone through more transformation than we have, you know, maybe in the first seven, eight, nine, ten years. Um, and then this whole, like, element of compersion came in. Like, is that, let me look that word up. Why don't you? <laughs> uh, what he's trying to say is that we've uh, up until about a year and a half ago uh, the thing things were the relationship worked where we know the basis for it but we don't talk about it uh, he was not comfortable talking about it I wanted to ask but couldn't and things eventually just became too much and then it had to blow up which it did and then during that process of blowing up, it turned out that um, I guess I have feelings of compersion. Compersion, yes. So <clears throat> let's go with the term compersion. One of the definitions is the positive feelings one gets when a lover is enjoying another relationship, sometimes called the opposite or flip side of jealousy. So it's a feeling of joy and love when your partner is experiencing love and joy outside of your relationship. Um, and yeah, what she was saying about, you know, for most of our relationship, 
discretion was the primary key to our, um, you know, operation. It was like, you know, there's parts of your world that are sensitive to me and that's yours. I don't need to know everything about it, but I support you and encourage you to do that and vice versa. But, and that was a good way for us to be for a long period of time as we were working through our internal work and just navigating the space. It's a very sensitive space, especially when you live together. Cause you know, like if someone's gone out, then, you know, they're out and someone's at home. And so it's, you know, it's if you're, there's no way to create a diversion that you were staying over Susie's house, um, you know, and be like, oh, I was just home chilling. But like, you know, when you live together, you people know if you're home or not home. But basically we outgrew that, you know, it was what was protecting us all after a while, I guess, started suffocating and, you know, um, just doing negative things. We outgrew it and we had to kind of break that open and it wasn't easy. It was scary and crazy, but this whole element of compersion came in. And that was where Eula shared with me that she actually liked the fact that I had other partners that I slept with, that I was intimate with. And for me, I was scared as shit. I was like, when she was saying these things, I'd just be like, I'm not saying anything. Like, I don't know. This is like a trap. <laughs> I'm like, okay, go ahead. Carry on. Tell me more. I'm not saying anything. And like, you know, these these started to really manifest in like like while we're in bed like having sex or some you know like that and she would say some things and I would just be like and like my hamster in my head would be like did she just say what I think she said and we'd be like I don't know but I ain't responding so we'd smile <laughs> like smile and giggle nod your head like mm-hmm, okay um, and it took a while to realize that it wasn't like a setup it wasn't like she was trying to just see if I would just, you know, be like, oh, yeah, for real. I'm, dude, I'm, I'm man. Let me, you know, she it was actually what she really felt. And once she was brave and did that long enough, then I was like, wow, maybe. And as uncomfortable and as squirmy as it was, because for most of my life, I really spent um, a great deal of effort into protecting her from parts of my ride that although were divine and, and purposeful for me, I knew they hurt her. So... You know, once I realized that the hurt was coming from just not being at all included in any of that part of my world, more so than just protection, um, things changed a lot. Um, you know, like we've talked, we've had open conversations about the people who have been close to me. Um, and we've shared relations. <laughs> we've had relations with you know, a woman that was close to me for a long time. And then, then all of a sudden through conversation and through dialogue, we ended up, you know, having open conversations that ended up having them, Eula and them become close. And then all of a sudden there was this other space that was created that no idea had ever could be. And, you know, normally when you talk about, you know, threesomes or any of that stuff, it's always like, Party. That's a whole different podcast. Uh, yeah, no, it's a, we're gonna touch a little bit. We'll go into pol- you know we got we got episodes coming, but like you know, once we broke through the wall, we we're able to trust and actually understand the, the the dynamics of compersion. All of a sudden, she was able to share with me that she actually enjoyed and got turned on by the fact that you know I was with other people, and the more that I would share with her, um, the more she got turned on. The more she got turned on, the more inspired I got the more I understood and we became more we we were able to have normal conversations there's no like um 
well, I want to go hang out with someone tonight, but I don't want to ask and I don't want to just say I'm going to go out because I don't want to deal with that. So I'm just going to deflect and not be truthful because that's horrible. But it was something that was like had to happen. It was bad. Um, but now we can just have those conversations. And if I say I'm going to go out or she's going to go out, it's not it's greeted with more love than it's like mm, mm, or any just like energy that would be detrimental to you being out. Um and so in that space, like I said, but quickly on the, on, the, on the threesome area space, um, it's usually in a space of like partying, you know, like people are drunk or people are doing Molly or some shit. And they're just kind of like, it's not really a, you know, a, a perception was not always a, it wasn't a deep thing. And like, like I said, I'm a mama's boy and I'm a very, I'm a woman's advocate to the umph degree. Like I, so I'm a big, I get pleasure from pleasing I'm being of service. So, you know, I wanted a threesome where we could cuddle and like talk and like go for walks and have breakfast and all that. So anyways, we'll get into that further. Episode three is the polyamorous non-traditional relationship podcast. And this is just episode one. So we won't go too deep, but basically, you know, we've come a long way um, over the last 14 years. And there's a lot of crazy stories good stuff, tough stuff, hard stuff that we felt that may be of service if we share some of this stuff via podcast. Um, you know, maybe there's people out there who are questioning whether monogamy is for them or who are questioning, you know, maybe I need to work on my communication. Maybe there's some fears I'm not dealing with. Why am I so jealous? Or just, I, I think there's something else out there for me that I don't really have anybody to talk to about. You know, and that can be anything from relationship stuff to finance stuff to, you know, sex. Yeah, to kids. I mean, talking to kids about sex, that's always interesting. You know, it's not very, you know, normally I'm guessing that it's, oh, you know, you got to protect yourself so you don't get pregnant, you don't get disease. I was like, you got to understand that anyone can have, like, having sex is not that hard physically it's not rocket science but what comes with it and what that what that opens up the whole world of emotional connection on a different level and everything that comes with it that's what you need to talk about that's a lot more uh, advanced and the kids I, you know, they watch porn, they watch, you know, everything that you can possibly do between the two, three, whatever, however many people, but who's talking to them about the whole relationship, emotional side of sex? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you think about it like when I used to try to watch porn when I was a teenager, like it was a whole event. Like you'd either go to like some store. You couldn't even go to a store. You go to like a flea market or some shit and somebody right, have so a pile of v- VHSs right, and there'd be like some right. VHSs with like no picture on them and you just like sneak them in and you like watch the VHS like way late at night, like turn the volume down. Like now it's like on your phone. Like you could just have that all day. Like it's it's crazy. Yeah, no, I mean the technical terms that they know and I mean all that stuff, but it's the how do you use it? You know, where like where is that where where in your life does it fit and how yeah. and what are you going to get from it and how are you going to relate to people before during and after 
that's the whole thing. So that's, you know, that's a whole different side of things. Yeah, it's it's a little interesting. It's crazy, wacky, sexy, cool, fun. <laughs> and then so we'll take a little break real quick and we'll come back. Okay, we're back. This is the Black Russian Podcast, episode uno, and it's been fun. It's amazing how time flies. I mean, we've already covered over an hour, and it seems like we didn't really get a lot accomplished. But um, so this is a very special thing. This is, this podcast space is pretty amazing. Um, Yula is not a very outwardly social or self-disclosing person, and so... You know, a few of our friends were like, are you going to share this with your friends? And what if your family finds out? <laughs> so, you know, what are your thoughts about that? Like, how does it feel? Like, what do you, you know, they're going to be listening to you. You know, some of your friends may know, and it's going to be kind of fun. I Honestly, when I heard that I should be concerned, I was like, really? Why? Because I'm being myself. I think benefit of one of the benefits of being 45 versus 25 is that I could give a damn I really this is me and I've earned this place I think that I've just through my life I've gone through a lot Tion has helped me through a lot and we're not talking about just you know going through an open relationship but just like circumstances in life and uh i assume that this is my only life it will be what it is and i'm gonna stay honest with it i'll stay honest with the kids we want to teach the kids uh, the values that they can take and apply in their lives i think we've seen some of it in a very interesting way through osmosis i guess and uh that's just where i am if it's uncomfortable to talk about it. I'm sure I'm not going to hear from people. If it benefits people and they will ask me questions, it'll be great. Yeah. Does it tickle a little bit? It does tickle. Does it tickle? Yeah. It's okay. yeah. yeah. Are you warm? Are you warm inside? <laughs> it's cute. It's cute. <laughs> Are you warm inside though? I'm always warm inside. You're, You're warm in inside. the room. I'm always warm. <laughs> warm inside. You warm inside? So, like, people are going to know that. Oh, my God, that we're honest in our relationship. Yeah, yeah, that you have sex. You have sex. Mm -hmm. Like, you like it Mm -hmm. a lot. Sorry. And, like, you know, stuff. Mm -hmm. That you cuss sometimes. Yeah. And I have ESL. I think they knew you had ESL. Think people in your life know that you're not from here, and, um, and just so you guys know, as you go into our our this journey with us, um, I'm really into graffiti. We both paint graffiti. I've been painting since 1991. She's been painting with me, you know, six, seven, eight years, little by little, wax on, wax off with house paint, <laughs> buffing and priming for me. I'm graduating. I'm graduating. Yeah, she's up to fill-ins and stuff. You know, so we wherever we travel, we travel a lot. Um, through her business and through my business and we get to paint all over the place. Um, so we'll be talking, you know, graffiti may come into it. 
um, we're big fans, just new kind of newbies, but new fans of Marvel and Marvel Cinematic Universe. We've watched, you know, lots of, you know, I mean, I've watched everything on all the Netflix, Luke Cage, the Jessica Jones, Daredevils, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., all of that, all the movies. And she's in it with me now. She got sucked in. So we watched Luke Cage together. Now we're watching Jessica Jones. Yeah, we watched, I'm not watching Daredevil with you. Not yet. She's going to watch it alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's a personal one. Um, you know, Doctor Strange. I think I've seen it three times. Before we're done, I'll probably see it four. She'll probably see it two or three times. And so that stuff comes in up too. It's a lot of good metaphors and that. Big Warriors fans. So we're just gonna, you know, have some fun. And we appreciate you guys for listening. We like to end every podcast with gratefuls. But before we do, do you have anything you'd like to say before we go? No, I think it's fun. I knew that it was gonna be fun, and it was fun. Yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna say fuck for the first time on no, podcast? Hell no. Come on. <laughs> no. It's liberating. It's your podcast. Awesome. We have more to come. No? Yeah. Say shit motherfucker shit motherfucker shit. <laughs> no. No. You can't make me do things. Can you say bomba clot? I cannot. Just give me one. No. For them, not for no. me. For them. No. Okay. Maybe we'll work our way up to get her to say funny things. I think that'll be an, an actual, I think that's going to be a segment <laughs> on our podcast is like shit that we can get Eula to say. In we'll, meetings. Just whenever. Yeah. Especially in meetings. So that's going to be one of our segments. I think we're going to actually add that to the next podcast. Like a little, and so I'll just give you sentences okay, and you'll, ready. you'll have get to ready. say that. So we like to end every episode. Will with, that be before I say for Lauderdale or after? Fort Lauderdale will be one of those. Okay. Say it three times. Fort Lauderdale. Fort. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Listen. Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> Fort Lauderdale. Lauderdale. La- I can't. I'm in. <laughs> What's that place in New Mexico? Albuquerque? Yeah. Zero you can say chance. Albuquerque. I cannot say. Try no. Albuquerque. No, zero chance. Come on. Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Yeah, you said it. That worked. <laughs> okay. On episode two, we are going to go deep into monogamy. The episode two is called the monogamy episode. The good. The bad. The ugly and all in between misconceptions things to do right things that go wrong and all of that good stuff that will be episode two which is strictly our opinion i'm sure there are people that know a lot more about it than clearly we do yes we don't claim to be experts other than just being us and that's why you're listening to our podcast if you want an expert i'm sure you could go find it but not in a black in a russian combination so we'll end this episode one with gratefuls. So we threw ups and downs and every shit that we go through. The definition of success for us is being able to go to bed and wake up in the state of grace, meaning just being grateful for what happens throughout your day and to have this life. There's a lot of injustice, a lot of wacky shit, a lot of bad stuff going on in the world. So, you know, being grateful for the space that we're in right now is important to us. So I'm grateful for having a warm house and healthy kids right now. 
I'm grateful for getting older and being happy with it. I'm grateful for us having so many friends, so many friends that are activists that have actually been out to Standing Rock and are at Standing Rock right now um, fighting for all of us in our water. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for falling in love with doing new things. Yeah. And uh, let's see. I'm last but not least grateful that the Oakland Raiders are 9-2. and two. All right. I'm grateful that I get to reconnect with people and myself. Bada bing. All right. There it is. The Black Russian Podcast, episode one. And... Off we go. See ya. Bye. We won't beg, no, we won't bow. None of them can stop us now. Oh, I say no. None of them can stop us now. We won't beg, no, we won't bow. None of them can stop us now. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, no evil did I feel. Man must pass through great tribulation And yield not to temptation Obstacles may come your way But tomorrow be a brighter day Know he's the right from wrong And always stay strong I said no None of them can stop us now We won't beg, no, we won't bow None of them can stop us now, no. I said no. None of them can stop us now. We won't beg, no, we won't bow. None of them can stop us now. Sometimes the road may be rocky and steep, but never lose control, yeah. Trust in the Almighty. And he will set you free Keep on moving to the top And don't you ever, ever stop, no What is really for you? Could never be for me